I kind of want to start a little bit uh, from your perception of the course. So from a time duration, I think the course was marked at least on the FIST documents like 1.6K. And it was roughly, depending on where a person sort of ended up, but rounded it out around 330. Uh, your quarterfinal was quite a little bit faster than that. Uh, I think it was the fastest quarterfinal. Um, but I'm just curious if you can give us a little insight into the course. Uh, I think it was noticeably a little you know, longer than, say, Davos. Um, and not a lot of V1. Yeah, it was a course that was really twisty, really. Um, the thing is, it wasn't flat. It had a lot of rollers uh, where you had to kind of float through them and around them. And um, it was an incredibly tough course to pass on. But it was also hard because if you were leading, it was a little bit windy and um, you were working way harder from the front. Um, but also you almost guaranteed that, you know, if you were in the front, even if you had poor finishing lanes, you were almost guaranteeing you were going to move on because it's just so hard for people to get around you. Um, so for me, my tactic was to lead the first, uh, in my quarter and in my semi, because I was like, well, I know I can pull us to a really fast heat time. And so my odds of moving on are so much better if I do that. Because then you're, you have to be one of four, not two of, or I mean, right. you have to be top four out of six, not top two out of six. Um, so that was a little bit of my strategy there, having looked at the course and been like, well, I think I know where my strengths are here, um, which is more of just hammering because there's almost no rest out there um, because you have to just be working, working, working every single second. Um, but yeah, for the final, however, I was a little bit tired. Um, from having done so much leading. And yeah, so, yeah. And so in the final, I was like, okay, I'm going to tuck in and just be on like high alert with um, looking for any window to open up and just be ready to zip through it. And that worked really well for me um, because windows did open up and I was ready to just kind of sneak my way through them. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of funny. I was joking. Um, I did a bunch of speeds back in Falun before we came here with um, Chris Hecker and Jason Quirk. And Chris was just like my um, like get in the way guy, like try to pass me um, sort of thing. And we were joking. Yeah, like on a course like this, you're just going to have to out sneak the competition. And it was sort of what you had to do here. Um, so that was that was ended up being kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. There's a couple of things I want to bring up. Um, you know, you have another podium today uh, in a very competitive field. You know, thinking about the Swedish women that have have done quite well uh, in spring the past couple of years. Um, they also have women that are fighting for another spot. Uh, you know, at world championships. I think they've named three women to the sprint team and I think they need to name a fourth, but I'm not totally certain about that. But specifically, you know, Hannah Falk is coming back from taking a year off. You know, she had a, a, a back injury, but she's a, a local to the to these tracks. Um, was there something new for you in terms of racing against her and, you know, just thinking, or is she just simply another fast suite out there? 
I mean, I, I really like Hannah. It's always really cool when, you know, when someone comes back after an injury and they come back so strong, like that really is really cool to see. It always gives you a lot of just hope in general, you know, <laughs> I think it's cool when someone can say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to come back from this. And then they do. Um, so that was really awesome. And I was actually, it's her dad who I think is the, um, the one who really organized and made this world cup happen. So we were warming up and I was like, Hey, if I don't get to see him, please thank your dad for me. Cause like, Hey, they always do such a great job with this world cup. The volunteers are so awesome and so dialed and they're everywhere. And, um, it was, I thought it was really cool. So, um, it was really cool getting to chat with her beforehand. And I guess it's kind of funny. Maybe this makes me a little atypical as a competitive athlete, but I tend to see it as more like, Oh, cool. They're back. I get to chat with them. Not like, Oh, I'm going to beat them. You know, (laughs) I'm just going to go out there and ski as hard as I can and put together the best, the best race I can. It doesn't matter who I'm racing against. It's not about beating someone else. It's more about, you know, how can I challenge myself to really ski big on a course like this and to ski tactical and to have a fast finish and all the things that normally I might not do. Um, and so it was, for me, it's more of like being challenged by the situation and not seeing it as like, oh, I want to beat this person. Okay, so then speaking a little bit about uh, maybe when you were talking about, you know, skiing with some of the the coaches and techs and, uh, you know, skiing in a pack on this course, or maybe I think maybe it was back in Falun that you were mentioning, but I think it was Sundling where you guys got a little close to one another, you know, about 2.30 into the, gosh, I think it was your quarterfinal. Is that right? Or um, the, I'm looking. Here. Actually, oh, it was in the it semi. might have been the semi. It was the semi. Yeah, she came and she tried to pass when there was about enough room for someone to double pull. Yeah. Um, and I just kept skiing my line, um, as you do when you're in the front and you're leading. You yep. you get to pick that line and you should ski that line and protect the line. So, um, I was actually really proud of myself for holding to my line. I think a younger Jesse would have been like, Oh, someone's there. I'll move over. I don't want to get tangled. And then you let people sort of walk all over you. But I just skied my line and, um, and just, yeah, sort of skied with authority the way you need to ski that sort of course. And it was, it was a bummer to, that she went down and she almost took me down too. Um, so I sort of had to really keep my balance and rally really hard after that. Um, but it was, yeah, just that sort of course where people were trying to pass anywhere they could. And you, if you were in the front, you had to ski with confidence and ski the best line and protect it. And if you're in the back, you had to find a window and really shoot through it quickly. Um, and that's what I did in the final was when I saw my windows, it was like, you know, shoop. <laughs> you had to really squeeze through them fast and clean. Okay, so here's the question. Um, you know, you are really well positioned right now uh, in the overall. I think, um, you know, I think I have this accurate. You are leading by roughly, you know, over 300 points. Uh, and, and Stupak is in second, um, and she's not contested the last uh, two races. Is it time at this point for you to sort of thinking, or do you think, uh, consciously about, okay, you know, 
make it to the finals. Those are good, valuable points towards the overall. Um, are you thinking in those terms yet? Yeah, I I am. And I think that's something that I've learned is that it's okay to state that you have a really big audacious goal and it's okay to want to go after it. Um, and so I think, you know, um, in the last couple of weeks I got together with the coaches and I was like, all right, we're going after this. Like we're gonna, we're going to do this as like my season goal. Um, and I mean, by we, I mean me and Quirk. I'm not saying the entire team is, has to be invested, but I do feel support from the entire team. So that's kind of the we behind this, but, um, yeah, I think it's, it's something that it's big and it's crazy and it's scary. And I want to go after it with everything I have. And so for me, the rest of the season is almost a little bit like the tour to ski, you know, instead of one rest day, you have a whole week in between, uh, race weekends, but it's a little bit of like, all right, you need to be in it and invested and present and really absolutely given it for every single race. And it's not that I don't do that already. Um, that's sort of my thing is crossing the finish line and being like, yep, there is zero energy left. Like <laughs> that's, um, sort of my policy for myself is that I don't leave anything out there. Um, but I think it really helps when, you know, you're on the road for four months and this is the time of year where sometimes it's easy to get slightly, you know, unfocused, homesick, um, kind of in the doldrums of the season where it's not world champs yet. And, um, yeah, this is where you can sort of start to slide a bit. And for me, it's been actually really, really cool and really awesome to have this, um, sort of quest for keeping the yellow bib as something that's like, yeah, nope, we're not going to slide here. It's time to be really focused every single weekend. And, um, just as that little extra spark. Um, and I think that's been, that's been really, really exciting for me. So does that get as specific? I mean, I know that I can imagine Jason core kind of drilling down and looking at all the data, you know, what races are left, who may or may not be at those races. What are their points? You know, where are they, where are they standing in the overall, but does that, does that get so specific for you at this point where, you are looking, you know, at every remaining race and sort of strategizing and perhaps in your own brain, like strategizing, like, okay, this is probably where I need to be in that race. And this is how that race may or, you know, like kind of doing some visualization. This is, this is how that race should unfold. Um, is it getting that specific at this point for you? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, at the same time, like I race every race to put together the best race that I can. Right. So like if it's a distance race, I'm not going to be like, okay, I need a top eight. I'm like, no, I'm going to try to win it, you know, like, (laughs) um, because that's how you have to ski, right? Like if you ski for eighth place, there's zero chance you're going to win. You have to ski to try to win. Um, and then, you know, it, it, shakes out how it shakes out. Right. Cause you don't actually have control over the results. You just have control over your own effort. But, I go into every race with that mindset of like, all right, let's give her. Um, but also you, you may have noticed with my tactics today, I was skiing to try to definitely make the final. And then I was able to switch it up and ski with the potential in the final to either try to be on the podium. Um, but it wasn't like I need to move through. And so it was kind of, um, 
cool for me to recognize that I'm in a place in my career where I understand my body and my strengths and I can sort of play with different strategies to figure out what I need to accomplish that day. Okay. Yeah, that was noticeable. I mean, you obviously like cranked the quarter and the semi and it seemed like played a little more, at least your tactics changed a bit in that final. Um, I'm trying to think, do I have any other questions? Um, oh, and I know you guys are doing a press conference, I think on the 16th, you know, as a group, but um, if I have this right, I think you raced every race in Pyeongchang. I did. Yeah. And what was different about that is, you know, world champs is a much more condensed schedule because, um, well, it's expensive <laughs> um, to host and the Olympics was much more spread out. And so you're able to race every race at the Olympics, assuming that you have um, the starts, of course, but um, there was enough time and enough days in between to be able to pull that off. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but <laughs> we were just able to do it. Um yeah, and so World Champs is going to be a little different than that. 